It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and... Go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Well, Ian, I, I think it's interesting that we got uh, some clarification uh, following the Broncos' loss to the Chiefs. Uh, Von Miller was was pretty upset about things. He had a, had a few choice quotes, but uh, he did mention uh, to Troy Rank uh, of Denver 7, um, just one of those things where he said, I don't want to leave at all. This is my identity, playing for Broncos. I have no plan B. And I think that's huge that Von Miller's out there saying he has no plan B. That, that this is where he wants to be. But he, he did get a lot of attention for uh, the quotes that came out after the Broncos' ninth straight loss to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in a, a pretty tough game at Arrowhead in the snow. And and I think the the key here to remember is there's a lot of emotion that goes into these games. And when you get done playing a football game like that and you lose a game in, in that in that fashion – uh, you know, you're going to say some things you know, that maybe you're not, you don't mean at the time or that, you know, you just, your emotions get the best of you. I thought it was interesting. You know, he talked about, uh, you know, we tried everything on and off the field. We tried all different coaches, all different players. I really don't know what's going on. Uh, and if I did, I would be the first to execute whatever plan it is to get everything better. That's something that uh, Mike Kliss tweeted out uh, after the game. 
uh, a reflective Von Miller. Of, I love how he calls him reflective. Uh, I don't know how we got to this point. It's tough being where we're at. It's tough being 30 years old and go out there with whatever issues I'm dealing with and still coming up short. Hey, try going out there at 39. I'm just saying, I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. And then, uh, you know, his comments about Chris Harris, they've really felt sort of like a there was a finality to him with, with his comments about Chris Harris dealing with, uh, he says it's tough playing nine years with Chris Harris and dealing with these last couple years, especially with stand with standard we had when we came into NFL, we went to the playoffs five years straight. I know I'm getting ahead of myself and talking about more than just a game, but this is tough. That really is a telling quote and in, in that you can, you can see that he understands the business side of things and where this is headed. But but then the follow-up there is, is obviously uh, it, he's not sending a message to management. There's no hidden agenda here. There's nothing like that. He's just emotional after a tough loss. And my, my favorite quote here, you know, he talks about how he says, I'm tied here. There's nowhere else for me to go. And, of course, I just I think of Richard Gere. I got no place else to go. You know, that's a that great, you know, sort of scene from uh, Officer and a Gentleman. But, you know, Von Miller, you could tell from all of this was – he was struggling with it, struggling with the issues of of the loss, but also this is where he wants to be. And, and you know, that the quote to Troy Rink, I think, is important. The the quote of, you know, I have no plan B. He is a Denver Bronco. And, and as a fan, I feel great about that. I think that that's, you know, you want to see your superstar want to be there. And, and he does. He is a Denver Bronco. And I think he embraces that. We've talked about it in the past. Uh, about how he is the leader of this franchise. He's the face of this franchise. He wants to be the face of this franchise. And that that's a good thing. And whatever your feelings are on age and performance and whether they can get draft picks for him if they tried to trade him or whatever, that's that's a different story altogether. But he clearly wants to be the face of the Denver Broncos and wants to be the leader of this franchise for years to come. I think you also want the leader and face of your franchise to show that kind of emotion to be pissed off. Cause that's where I think that's the root of all of it. It's not just emotion. It's not just disappointed in the loss. He's pissed off at how things have gotten this far over the last four years. This is four straight years of this organization, not being in the playoffs. This is the third straight losing season. I would hope that a player like Von Miller, who experienced that kind of success coming into the league, would be pissed off. And I think that's going to rub off on some of the younger players because they're going to sense that. There's very few people on this roster anymore who played with Peyton Manning four years ago. Von Miller is one of them. As, as we're talking about this, I'm reminded of baseball free agency and last week with the winter baseball meetings in San Diego and teams going through and making all these moves. And obviously as Yankees fans, we were both ecstatic about the signing of, of Garrett Cole, the best pitcher in baseball, pretty exciting stuff. But I think the bigger move that Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone made and Hal Steinbrenner was bringing back Brett Gardner because he is a tieback to the last World Series the Yankees won in 2009. The Broncos have, they don't have the same success as the Yankees, obviously, because the Yankees have won 27 World Series. 
but you want that same kind of pass down of tradition and and legacy and what it means to be a part of the organization that you play for. That's why the Brett Gardner signing and bringing him back was so huge. And Von Miller does that with the Broncos because he was there with Peyton Manning. He was there with Champ Bailey. He was there with the guys who know what it means to be a Denver Bronco, especially Champ Bailey, since he was Pat Bowen's favorite Bronco. One of, obviously, there is John Elway, but Mr. B did name his dog Champ. But that there's that connection to the legacy and the history and what it means to be a Denver Bronco. And the fact that Von Miller was pissed and showed emotion and is sick of this losing, even if it wasn't intentional, even if it wasn't a message to John Elway and Joe Ellis in the front office, it should be perceived that way because he is the leader of the franchise. He's telling them, let's do something. We have our quarterback now. Let's do something. Let's fix it. So go out and get guys. That's how I interpreted it, even if it wasn't what Von Miller's intention was. Well, and I, th- I think that's a really good point. He can send a message without intending to send a message, right? And And, and that is where... I, I think it takes a bit of a turn. This isn't about him making a, a, a concerted effort to say something in the media that will uh, show up on John Elway's you know bulletin board and, and make him go out and do better as the GM. It wasn't Von Miller making a calculated effort there. At least I don't believe that it was. And the message is still there. Even with him not doing anything intentionally, there's no way that a guy like John Elway and, and and the people who work under him can see those quotes and think to themselves, yeah, whatever, that's just Vaughn being emotional and it doesn't matter. This is this is more than that. This is a, a, a time where a good GM, and I believe John Elway probably is a good GM. He has won a, a lot of things in the past, uh, including a Super Bowl as a GM and gone to two Super Bowls. I'm not going to recite his resume. It's not necessary. He should be able to recognize when his – face of the franchise is essentially pleading with him to make this team better, to help him get a better product on the field. And it's not that Von Miller is is sending an intentional message, but even without trying to send a message, the message is sent and should be received. And and that's the thing that I kind of like about it is it's not Von Miller going out and making a calculated move. It's just raw emotion. It's just a guy who wants to win, who wants this team to be what it was in his younger days because he knows you hit 30 and and you know you and I are going to be 30 soon or 40, I guess. I don't know. The the years fly by. When you hit a certain age in the NFL, your expiration date starts to show up when you look at things. And not for nothing, Von Miller's expiration date is becoming more and more evident right it's more prescient in his mind and he doesn't want to spend the last five or six years or seven years if he can get that playing for a a franchise that's inconsequential that isn't relevant you know and so it is it is a plea it's not an intentional one I don't think he was calling John Elway out but it was somewhat begging for some help here let's fix this like you said let's make this better and he hates losing and he wants to win with the Broncos. I like those two things. 
it's a Pat Bowen combination because that's what Pat Bowen was all about. And the fact that you're the leader of your franchise gets it and wants it to change, demands it to change. It, 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 it's nice to see it. It's nice to hear it. And I'll take that kind of emotion every day of the week. I don't think it has anything to do with him saying, I want to be out as some of the people in the media were saying. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's just he he hates losing and he wants to win again. And speaking of players who are pissed off, and this is something else that I loved, is Cortland Sutton was asked post-game if it's best to turn the page on the Chiefs. And as Mike Kliss tweeted, no, I hate the Chiefs. I don't really care. I do not like them. Playing against them and losing to them is really, really frustrating. Very, very frustrating. He continues, Sutton that is, this will be a film we'll break down. It's not going to be something where I turn the page. It's frustrating because I expect a lot out of myself and having two drops and Tyron Matthew making a good play in in the end zone, I count it as a drop on myself. It's unacceptable. As a second-year player, as Cortland Sutton is, that's money. That's somebody who, as I tweeted, reminds me of Rod Smith. Not just the emotion and hating the Chiefs, but putting the onus on yourself. That's what reminds me of Rod Smith and the leadership to say that we're not going to forget this. We are going to watch this. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to get better. And and Rod Smith was a a, a great leader for the Broncos. He was also a great quote. This one's for the old man here. Uh, I'll never forget they lost a game. I cannot remember who they lost to. It could have been to the Chiefs. And let's, he talked, say let's say they lost to the Chiefs, although I, I don't know that they ever really did, did they? And uh, they, they did. And he talked about revenging the game. We're going to revenge this game. And, and so the old man and I always joke about that. It's pretty funny. But the one thing you can't joke about is that there is a, a sense with this Broncos franchise, when you become a player like a Rod Smith or, or, or like Von Miller has become, you, you buy into who the Denver Broncos are and you want to spend the rest of your career uh, in the orange and blue. And, and I actually see that with, with a guy like Cortland Sutton. It's, it's young, he's second-year player, but you can see he's the type of guy that the Broncos would want to keep at, for as long as possible. And he can become one of those leaders on offense that they definitely need. He doesn't remind me of a diva wide receiver who is going to go out and get his stats and, and, and going to be an issue. He reminds me of a guy, like you said, like a Rod Smith who – is going to become a leader on the offense. Is going to be somebody that other players look to, uh, and and he he gets that I think from players like Von Miller, who have that connection back to the past, like you said with Champ Bailey and 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 Peyton Manning, and now Cortland Sutton will always have that connection with a guy like Von Miller, and, and I think that that's something that you get within franchises, but it's important to hold on to. And I'm not equating Cortland Sutton and what he's done so far to what Rod Smith did in his career with the with the Denver Broncos but I could see him being a part of the Denver Broncos for that long and having many opportunities to revenge this loss to the Kansas City Chiefs and and hopefully go out and get uh, get a little vengeance with some wins in the future it would be nice to get a lot of revenge on the Chiefs because they're on nine straight losses which is just ridiculous well, and it's sickening. It's the disappointment, right? We're, we're talking about it with Von Miller, and, and I think as fans, it's 
it's like it's almost uh, it's become expected, right? We we talked about uh, before the games. Some people uh, predicted a Broncos win. I did not. You did. Uh, I I love that optimism. I just didn't see it, and and then they lost, and it was like, yeah, that actually makes sense, and that's that's where this team is right now. It makes sense for them to lose to the Chiefs, and I hate that. I hate it with a vengeance, and it is. It's be, it's gotten to the point where it doesn't just make you angry. It's dis, it's disappointment. It's disappointment that every year they can't seem to figure it out. One thing we didn't touch on in the postgame podcast is at least the Broncos aren't the Raiders because that that the way they ended their organizational tenure ship in Oakland at that dump to lose in that way is the most Raiders way possible. And it was so good. The only thing that ticked me off is those idiot loser fans were throwing nachos onto the field. Why waste good nachos? What did they do? Well, do you think they were good nachos? They were in Oakland at the Oakland Coliseum. I, I can't imagine that they're good nachos there. You have to try to F up nachos. Well, I, I imagine that they probably do try. I, I just don't imagine that anything Raiders is good. That's just all there is to it. And so those nachos probably weren't any good, but at least they should have eaten them. What a waste of food. I think it's I think it is the perfect ending. You're right. It's the perfect ending. People throwing things on the field, swearing at the players, like it's the players' fault that they're leaving. Right? Like like Derek Carr has any say in whether or not the Raiders play in Oakland or friggin' Timbuktu. He he has no say in that. Somebody else signs his paychecks. So they were they were being the quintessential quintessential Raiders fan, which means that they were idiots. And it, it is so perfect because that made up for the loss to the Chiefs. It, it really did. To lose in your final game ever in Oakland and to lose in the most Raiders way possible. To a terrible Jacksonville Jaguars team as well. Like that's the other part of that that I really like. The only thing that would have made it better is if they had actually lost to the Broncos. And it's too bad uh, that they that they didn't play the Broncos in in their last game in Oakland. Although they tried to do that and the Broncos screwed it up. So I, I probably don't want to talk about that too much. Speaking of Von Miller, he also was uh, selected for the Pro Bowl for an eighth time, which ties Champ Bailey and Steve Atwater for the second most in Broncos history and is one behind John Elway for most in Broncos history, and Elway had nine. Surprisingly, and kind of maddening, is Justin Simmons was not only not elected to the Pro Bowl, he wasn't even... Not even an alternate. An alternate. Yeah, didn't even make the alternates list. In fact... uh, you, you, you're sort of you have to shake your head a little bit because all of the stats that you look at about safeties this year, Justin Simmons is is one of the top two or three guys on all the lists. And and I think and I don't remember. I should probably look it up, but I'm not gonna. I think it was Pro Football Focus that that tweeted out uh, Pro Bowl snubs, and I think he was the highest rated safety in the NFL, and he didn't make the Pro Bowl. I, I, and I know the Pro Bowl is kind of unimportant, and it's one of those things where it's become pointless they they try so hard to make it a meaningful experience and it really isn't as far as the game goes but the honor is meaningful right the the idea of of being a member of the pro bowl team is is something that i think every football player wants and and it it does it boggles the mind that justin simmons who 
in my opinion, is is clearly one of the top two or three safeties in the NFL today. Didn't get even an alternate's nod. And, and I would argue that Von Miller makes the team based on reputation alone because this was not a great season for Von Miller. So he gets a Pro Bowl nod because of his name almost versus a guy like Justin Simmons who doesn't make the team because he plays for a bad Denver Broncos team that uh, is top five in, in defensive touchdowns allowed. Let's you know maybe forget about that for a little bit, and and so he doesn't he doesn't make the team. But I think was it Kareem Jackson also an alternate? So Kareem Jackson got the nod. Kareem Jackson gets a little bit of the accolades. But again, he's a name, right? People know who Kareem Jackson is. So you're you're gonna maybe see him get. Uh, more votes just because his name is more recognizable outside of the Denver area. So Kareem Jackson is a third alternate, right? Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton is a second alternate and Deontay Spencer as a returner is a third alternate. So those are the four Broncos to uh, potentially have the ability to go to Orlando for the pro bowl. And the fact that Cortland Sutton is a second alternate is kind of surprising. He's one of the top receivers in the AFC. Again, I think you end up with it's name recognition. It's uh, it's this idea that he plays for a bad team. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing is the Broncos are just a bad team. Yeah. I mean, this is, as we said at the top, fourth straight year without the playoffs, third straight losing season. You're not, you're not going to get many pro bowlers in that situation. And speaking of which, the Baltimore Ravens had 12. They also have the best team in the NFL. So there's your there's your there's your flip side to that coin, right? The opposite side of the coin there is when you're a really good team, you get lots of Pro Bowlers. When you're a really bad team, you don't get lots of Pro Bowlers. So it, it does make sense. It's just frustrating because we know better, having seen their performances. And it, and I would even argue that for some guys, you should be how do I want to say this? You should be ranked higher just because you are as good as you are on a bad football team. But that's, you know, that's not how people look at things. And speaking of Kareem Jackson, yeah. there's a lot of segues going on with we're this se- episode. We are. We're segueing a lot. We're, it's almost like we're on, we're on two wheels each. Here we go. Segway. Kareem Jackson, for those who uh, haven't heard the news, uh, was suspended the final two games of the Broncos' regular season for a DUI that he got in September and it, the reason it took so long is because it finally got adjudicated through the legal process in the courts, uh, I believe this week or last week. So it, it's not it's not surprising that something in the legal system takes three months. But the fact that it finally got to that point is why he suspended for the final two games of the season. Obviously, it's good timing for the Broncos since the games don't matter and they're not playing for anything. So... And you'll get to see Will Parks. This is a chance for Will Parks to to show that he should be re-signed and given a, a, a good a good pay raise to stay in Denver as a dime safety or even a nickel safety. So I, what's and we talked about this before we started recording. The fact that there are still players out there who are getting Deweys when you have the ability to be paid to use Uber or Lyft from the national. Football Players Association. It, it, it's just, it, it's stupid to get a DUI in the first place. It's even stupider to do it when you could get paid to not drive. Like nobody, 
nobody calls me up when I'm when I'm out at the bar and says, "Hey, uh, I'll give you two hundred and fifty dollars to take an Uber right now." Nobody does that. I just have to decide to take an Uber. And l- l- let me just say, like I understand when you drink, and, and here's here's the the long and short of it is when you drink, you become myopic. You don't you don't see past your own nose. You you are very much unaware of consequences. And so you decide because you were drinking that I can drive, right? There are no consequences to me doing this. You don't think about it. You're just going to drive home. Whereas if you make the decision before you go out to not take your car and to to set up a ride, and and that's where I think the stupidity comes in for players in the NFL. You you make enough money that you can you can set it up so that one of your boys drives, right? How many these guys all have entourages, or they at least have four or five buddies with them. Let let your buddy drive. Give the keys to your to your driver. Give the, you know call Uber. Set it up before you go out, so you don't have to look like an idiot. Because this really does, I think, in this day and age, call into question your intelligence and your ability to make decisions. Not when you're drunk, because when you're drunk, you do stupid things, and that's just the truth. But before you get drunk, before you go out and drink, you've got the ability to set it up and make it so that this doesn't happen. Do that. And, and as far as it taking this long for Kareem Jackson to have a you know a suspension handed down, I think it's you're right. It's because it took this long to adjudicate it. But there's no video of it, so it doesn't count. Oh snap! Yeah. So it, had Bill Belichick and the Patriots been involved, it would have been recorded. It would have, but they would have offered to erase it right of what right away. I can delete this right now, man. Well, if it was the guy who was in the Browns press box and the Bengals caught him, wouldn't the guy say, "Well, I can puke up the beer"? <laughs> he could. He, yeah, I can. I can throw this up right now. It'll be fine. I already did a little bit back there. I just imagine hey, that's what they did. In terms of uh, Kareem Jackson, I I, I I think the reason it was two games and Andrew Mason, as you said before we started recording, uh, Mace thought it should have been four. I think it's only two because he's a first offender. And uh, Kareem, Jackson, thing. Kareem Jackson tweeted, I'd like to apologize to the Broncos organization, my teammates and fans. I understand the severity and my lapse of judgment, and I will certainly not make this mistake again. I know I am fortunate to play in the NFL and am held to a high standard of professionalism and conduct. So I, I think he gets it. I, I think Kareem Jackson is a good guy. He just, as he said, he had a lapse of judgment, and it's going to cost him because it's going to cost him two game paychecks, and that's north of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So that that that's a pretty expensive Dewey. And what is it about guys getting Deweys on Aurora Parkway? I mean, are they going to Brooklyn's right across the street from Pepsi Center? Because know. Demarius Thomas wrecked his truck on Aurora Parkway, and then Kareem Jackson got his, like, literally right next to Brooklyn's. Right. No, I wanted to say, like, okay, was there was there a, maybe a, a, an Avalanche game or a or a Nuggets game? But not in September, right? I mean, that, there's no. no not no, in early September. Yeah, not in early September. It. So, I mean, unless you were there just getting prepared, like you're just hanging out. Just getting ready to go down there. I, yeah, it's a weird. Like, there's better places to go, fellas. You're professional athletes with lots of money. Go, go nicer places. And yeah, go to Larimer Square. Yeah, come do, on. Do, you need to diversify your your areas of getting your DUIs. See the rest of the city. Come on, Larimer Square. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. That's just terrible. 
at least it wasn't East Colfax. Well, that's true. I mean, if you're if you're getting a Dewey on East Colfax, you're there for other reasons also. Oh my gosh! I, a quick story: We went downtown East Colfax one time, uh, me and some buddies, and immediately left about five minutes later, realizing that we had made a grave mistake. We got into a car and drove away very quickly, uh, having realized that we were in the wrong place and it would have been the wrong time at any time. It happens. Nice decision. Yeah, it happens. You go, we could do this. No, we can't. No, we can't. Let's go. Anyway. So what do we what do we make of the game on Sunday now that we're actually getting to football talk? I, but I was just hey, gonna say we probably should talk about the game, but it doesn't the matter. It doesn't matter. Um what do I make of the game? You know they're gonna play uh because they have to, right? They've sold the tickets. Uh and Well they one could argue they didn't play last Sunday. Well, yeah, they did but they I guess the the game will start and end. Whether or not they'll play is a whole different uh, question. I actually think they will play. I think that the the Denver Broncos are a proud franchise, and they will go out and do what they can to win this game. I, I don't know that they should be playing certain guys. Like I am fine. I'm actually okay with Kareem Jackson's two game suspension because now he can't get hurt over the course of the last two games and and have problems going into the next season. And so, yeah, maybe okay Von Miller can get suspended. Yeah, well, no, I don't, I don't think that that would. That's not a good look for Von. He's already been, you know, he's he's dealt with his his issues before. I think he's pa- just past all that. Then just sit him. How just about sit that? him. Well, that, he's already dealing with an MCL sprain. Yeah. So. I, I, not that I want to get into the keys to the game, but that was the second half of my key to the game. Was that also just sit Von Miller? He doesn't need to play. Uh, and I think any veteran that you're worried about injury wise, there, there's no reason for them to be on the field for the last two games. Unless unless it's a contract thing, I know some of these guys have incentives built into their contracts where they have to start so many games or they have to get so many tax. I mean, I I know that some of those guys want to be out there for that reason, but just long term, when you look at the future of the franchise, you, you don't need your your best players on offense and defense getting hurt. I do believe that the offense is going to show up for this game though, and that is that is something I'm kind of excited about. I, I'm really interested to see how well. Drew Locke and the offense can play against a Detroit Lions team that, let's face it, is also not good. So two bad teams, what do you always say? When you get two bad teams, you get a really good pillow fight. Yep. I, I'm in for a good pillow fight here. I'm in for some you know, for some, some fun offensive football, and, and I think that that's something that we could get uh, watching this game. And, and it's also something that I think the Denver Broncos really want to take the opportunity to work on some things with their rookie quarterback who – a lot of us are are sort of falling in love with, right? We're, we really like this kid. I, I loved his presser after the Chiefs game. I've loved his poise ever since he became the starter. And I, I want to see what he can do in every single game that he plays in. So I think I just talked myself into being somewhat excited about a meaningless football game. Well, that's all because of the Drew train. Drew, Drew. Drew Sember. Here we go. We're, the, the, the train was only off the tracks for just one Sunday. And that ties into my key to the game, do your job. Since the Broncos were eliminated from the playoffs for the fourth straight season, Sunday's game obviously means nothing for 2019. So take advantage of the last two games to create and develop good habits for 2020, especially the younger players like Drew Locke, who can use these last two games to work on timing, footwork, accuracy, and comfort with the offense, his teammates, and coaches. And even the veterans who don't play in Denver next season can finish strong to give teams a better glimpse of what they have to offer. And 
it's cliche to say do your job and it's very Patriots-esque, but the Broncos can view this as an opportunity to grow as coaches, players, and a team. And I, I'm with you. I'm excited to see Drew Locke coming off of a performance that he knows isn't good enough. And we talked, we touched on this. It it wasn't good. I wouldn't say it was that bad, but he can be better. And I think it's going to be something that motivates him to come out and and be even better because that's just who he is and it's in his makeup. And I find it interesting that the comparison that we threw out and some others have thrown out, comparing and thinking that he looks and plays like Brett Favre, Shelby Harris said the same thing this week. And it just, it, it makes it more exciting. It The fact that the Broncos finally have their quarterback for 2020, and we're both in agreement that at least for 2020, Drew Locke is the Broncos quarterback. And now he can, he can take these five games, hopefully the next two games at home against bad teams. He's, he's able to develop those good habits. He's able to work on his footwork. He's able to improve on some things, build some chemistry and some timing with Cortland Sutton and Noah Fan and Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton and Philip Lindsay. That's, that's big for him going into the offseason to have a full offseason to work with Rich Scangarello and talk with him and work with T.C. McCartney and talk to him and really get prepared for being an NFL quarterback. And it starts with this game on Sunday, and it's exciting. The Broncos finally have a quarterback, which opens up so much for the, for, for the offseason in terms of free agency and the draft. But we can get to that later. At this point, it's just exciting to see what he's able to do and what he's able to build upon with his first three games of his NFL career. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually going to add my actual key to the game as well, at least as far as trying to get a win. And and it includes one of those young players that you referenced and and you talked about a little bit, and that's Philip Lindsay, because I think that one of the things they can do with him is – is utilize him in different ways. Philip Lindsay the last couple of weeks has been utilized in a way that's just got him running in traffic, right? He's, he's trying to uh, get through an offensive line that's just bad and, and trying to, to sort of use that patience and that vision that he has that really is excellent. And then he's finding nothing there with that, and he's, he's not getting the yards, and, and he's still being fairly good. I would love to see them spread him out wide, uh, you know, get him out into space. And, and I think doing that and – Finding him in some some short areas out wide and in space will open up the offense a little bit and will kind of clear things out and maybe even make it a little easier for Drew Locke to see the field and allow Drew Locke to to have a, a you know better timing with some of those downfield receivers like Cortland Sutton, like Noah Fant, like Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick, and so on and so on. So to to me and and I guess I'm gonna go ahead and slide right into players to watch since we might as well do it. Philip Lindsay is going to be my offensive player to watch because that's that's where I think Denver's offense can become more effective, using him in ways that are not your typical, uh, you know, between the tackles running back because he isn't just your typical between the tackles running back. He's shifty. He's fast. You get him into places where he can utilize his skills, and I think he's going to find more success, and then the offense is more successful because of that. And and you can utilize Royce Freeman in a more traditional way, which I think he's better at. And I, I, I don't know why, but I have felt like their entire careers, they've kind of had 
Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman backwards in the way that they play them. And so this would be an opportunity to flip-flop that a little bit and see if they can find more success using Philip Lindsay sort of in that I don't want to call it a scat back role because that's not what it is, but in that role where he splits out wide, maybe utilizing him more like the Saints utilize Alvin Kamara. Maybe that's where I'm going with this. And my player to watch is Drew Locke. I, why not? Yeah, exactly. I, I I really am excited to see what he's able to to do against a pretty bad Lions secondary. They're not very good against the pass. They have a decent front seven. I, I want to see how he's able to build in his fourth game on things that he hasn't done well and things that he has done well. I want to see if he's able to take the next couple of steps. And I I can't believe that I'm actually excited about a game with the Broncos where they're five and nine and out of the playoffs, but that's what happens when you finally get a quarterback. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see. Uh, defensively, my player to watch is Justin Simmons. Uh, I, I like, I like the idea of him coming out and being fired up because he didn't make the Pro Bowl, and so I think that he's going to be looking to to put some hits on some people, and, and and he's fun to watch. He's he's an an incredible football player, and, and we say it every week, every time we talk about Justin Simmons, pay that man his money. I, I mean, get him wrapped up, get an extension figured out. Whatever you got to do, he needs to be a Denver Bronco for a long time. He's he's proven it since he came to Denver. He has been one of the best players on defense, and and I would I'm I'm gonna watch him just because he's fun to watch, and I think he's gonna be highly motivated in this game. The other underrated aspect of Justin Simmons that isn't really talked about a lot is what he does off the field, because he's the Broncos' nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, and he has done an awful lot in the community over the course of the last year to, to be in the situation, to be the Denver Broncos nominee for the Walter Payton man of the year on, because that's some stiff competition going against Von Miller and, and his Vaughn's glasses that he does. So kudos to, to Justin Simmons for not just doing it on the field, but off the field, my player to watch is Will Parks. Because since Kareem Jackson is suspended, this is his chance. This is his chance to show John Elway, Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel, Ronaldo Hill, that he is someone who deserves to, to get a contract extension to be back with the Broncos next season. Yeah, he's to show he's valuable. I, I think that's great. I, I want to go back to Justin Simmons a little bit. It's interesting you brought up his uh, nomination to be Walter Payton Man of the Year for the Broncos, and, and I think that it's – one of those things that as a fan of the Denver Broncos, we have always been uh, vocal about this and, and proud of this as well, that uh, the Denver Broncos don't just do it uh, at Dove Valley. They don't just they don't just show up and, and practice and then go to Mile High and play. They actually show up in the community and they make a difference. And that is something that is, is valuable to the community and valuable to Broncos country in general. So I've, I'm always I'm always a fan of guys who make that effort. And I think that the Denver Broncos have always been a franchise that has gone after players that go out into the community and do try and make a difference. Or maybe it's the franchise in general that just makes that effort. And I think the NFL is also pretty good about that. As much as we uh, harp on the NFL for being pretty terrible about certain things, they do a lot of outreach programs. They do a lot of, uh, a lot of things in, in different communities. And that is a, a really important thing to do when you're the type of 
role models that they are for young kids to look at and for people to aspire to be like. And Justin Simmons fits that mold to a T. And so I, I, you know, you mentioned it. I wanted to just go back to it because I do think it's something that the Denver Broncos are really good at. And it, it, it makes me proud to be a fan of a franchise that emphasizes that the way that they do. Justin Simmons is what I've called a Pat Bolin Bronco because it's it's somebody that Pat Bolin would have loved to have on his franchise who does it on the field but does it off the field. And as you said about the organization, I, I think back to Lyle Alzado in the Orange Crush years in 1977. He, he did stuff for the Denver community that made him the face of the Broncos in the late 70s. He was the face of the Orange Crush. And he was the face of the organization. And it wasn't just because of he would kick the crap out of you on the field, but he was a nice guy off the field. He did so much for the Denver community when he was here. And there are people you can watch his football life and the difference that he made in people's lives, kids' lives. It, it was it, So it goes back even to before Pat Bowen for the Denver Broncos for what they do for the community and for the people of not just Denver, but, but Colorado and the Rocky mountain region. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, prediction time. Let's, let's make some predictions. I have, I have a prediction. Do you have, I wrote it down. I wrote my score down, but I, I always like to kind of see what you say first. I'm going to go with a Bronco. I think the Broncos are going to get a 40 burger. So I'm going to go 45, 13 Denver. Wow. That is way more. I thought I had a high score. I was like, I was, I was like, this number is too high that I'm writing down. I wrote down Denver 34, 17, 34 was, was high to me. And you went, you went above and beyond that. I'm impressed. That impresses me. Uh, you, you win the predictions round, I guess, because that's, that's a pretty big number. I hope you really win it and you get it right. That'd be fun. That um, would be. I'd finally get one right. But yeah. I think it goes back to Cortland Sutton being pissed off. I think it goes back to Von Miller being pissed off. I think the entire organization is pissed off. And they, they're they tired of losing. And they, they're they on the Drew train. They know they have a quarterback. And they want to go out and – They want to have a fun Drew Sember. They do. They want to steamroll through an opponent. I like it. Uh, so, all right. Those are good predictions. I enjoyed them. Let's go ahead and we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do our whip around the league and kind of a fun uh, weekend of football schedule-wise. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back. And uh, kind of some fun, interesting games. And, and a cool uh, aspect of the schedule, Ian, one of the things that we're excited about, Saturday football in the NFL, which is which is fun, right? We, we love Saturday football. 
We do because it's it's the first Saturday without college football. So what better way to do it than with a triple header? And it's three games that actually mean a lot in terms of of playoff positioning for both the NFC and the AFC. Yeah, I, you have a kind of a fun game. The uh, the noon game is the Texans and the Buccaneers, which uh, features a, a Texans team that is fighting for a playoff spot uh, and playoff positioning. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I think they they are trailing the Titans. Am I right in the AFC South? I just want to make no, sure. No, they I'm, are le- they lead they lead the AFC South because right. they beat the Titans. That's right. The last Sunday, so That's- they're 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 in the the catbird seat for winning the division and getting. Probably a four seed, given that they that the Chiefs are ten and four right now. So I would say right now the Chiefs are in line to get the third seed, and the Texans would be the fourth seed. There you go, and and an interesting game as well. If you're a, a fantasy football player, you're in your championship game this week, like uh, I am times two. And uh, you, if you've got Jameis Winston, all you're worried about is which Jameis Winston's going to show up, the one that's going to score 40 points or the one that scored 42 points. Uh, 40 points means he uh, threw three interceptions. 42 points means he only threw two interceptions. Uh, that's that's just how Jameis Winston rolls. Maybe he throws four and three. I don't know. A lot of interceptions from Jameis Winston. And a, probably a strip sack fumble recovery return for a touchdown because <laughs> he's just so bad, but also incredibly good if you're a fantasy football player. The game that could be very interesting is the Bills and the Patriots. The Bills made the playoffs for the first time since 99, I believe, and they'll be the fifth seed. It's it's going to be very interesting because the Patriots, if they lose, will potentially be the third seed. If they win, they get a they'll they'll more than likely get a first round bye. I I'm torn. I I would still rather the Patriots get it than the Chiefs. I don't yeah. want the Chiefs to have a week off. Yeah, it's it's like asking, do you want to get punched in the face or kicked in the nuts? I mean, that's kind of where we're at at this point as far as that goes. And neither one of them is a good option, but I guess I'd rather get punched in the face. I don't want to get kicked in the nuts. So, yeah, just I, I we want the Patriots and not the Chiefs to have the bye. That's, I agree with that. Um and I and I do think that it, it will be interesting to see what what Josh Allen and the Bills offense is able to do on the road against Bill Belichick and that New England defense. I I get it that the the Bills have traveled. They they beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day in Dallas. It is a different beast going into Foxborough though and going against Bill Belichick. I I do think that it's going to be tough for Josh Allen to do what he's been able to do over the course of the season. He's played pretty well. I, You and I were both not Josh Allen fans, but he he's played pretty well this season to get his team into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. The only concern I think that the, the Patriots might have is, were they able to film the Bills' sideline last week after what happened uh, with them filming the Bengals' sideline? Just because if, if, they, if they can't film it, then they really can't use it, and maybe – uh, maybe this will be the Bills' opportunity because I doubt the Patriots were able to get to get any cameras on uh, on the Bills' sideline prior to this game. Although they play them twice a year, so do they really yeah, they, need to? They got it earlier in the year, That's so they're right. good. <laughs> switch up your signs, Bills. I'm just saying, switch up your signs. And then the NFC matchup: the Rams are at the 49ers, and this is a big game for the 49ers. They were sitting as as the one seed 
right up until they lost to the Atlanta Falcons, and then they dropped all the way down to, I believe, the three seed. They're the fifth. Fifth seed. Thank you. I, I knew it was an odd number. And, uh, I mean, you lose one game, and Seattle moves into the, the you know, the NFC West championship spot, and the 49ers move way down to uh, divisional round or wild card, wild card round uh, playoffs. That's that's not where they want to be. They they're a good enough team and have played well enough this year that they they probably have earned a first round bye. Except for they lose to, I mean, I'm sorry, you lost to the Falcons at home. What what's going on there? That's that's not uh, that's not good. So this is an incredibly important game just to make sure that they keep their winning. You know, they break that losing uh, streak of of at least one and and win some games so that they can try and get back into that higher upper echelon of the of the playoffs think about this if they beat the falcons the 49ers remain as the number one seed and then they head into their their their, the final game of the season against the seahawks now they're in the fifth seed where they have to go on the road to green bay and i mean that that is ginormous it's a massive switch it's a massive switch from where you could have been i mean and that's one of those things where uh, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you're you're looking back on 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 the season, and if you're sitting there as the fifth seed, you're looking at that game against the Falcons, going, "How did we let Julio Jones get open on the goal line with zero seconds left? You you let their best wide receiver score a touchdown when he'd been just mauling you that entire game, and and you let him score to win the game. That to me is uh, one that you'll look back on that as as a as a Niners fan." And as a player for the Niners and as a coach of the Niners and wonder, how did we let that happen? Because that was that was pretty disappointing if I'm if I'm Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Actually, I I miss I misspoke. Uh oh. It's actually it might be beneficial because they'll play the the winner of the NFC East. So oh. it'll either be the Cowboys or the Eagles. Oh. Then they need but to just keep losing. <laughs> you still you still go from having a first round bye and playing at home to going on the road to either Dallas or Philly. I mean, it's not as bad as Green Bay as I originally said right. because the, the sixth seed will end up going to Green Bay, which looks like it's going to be the Vikings. How about that? A third matchup between the Vikings and the Packers. That might be fun. But it's not as bad, but you still go from having a home field advantage first round by to going on the road. Well, and they, they have to win this game against the Rams as well. It's not like they can – lose out and still be the fifth seed they they need to take care of business so that they don't have to worry about dropping even further than they already have because if they if they drop any further then your nightmare scenario really does come into play so that'll be a fun way to end saturday uh to watch that game and then we get our sunday games like normal well the the rams are actually coming in after being embarrassed by the cowboys so and this is a divisional game it It'll be an interesting matchup on on Saturday night. Yeah, I totally agree. And 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 again, like and then we move into Sunday and we we have some more fun games on Sunday. Uh, and then and the very first one that that at least that I look at because I kind of skip over Steelers Jets, which is which is a game that nobody cares about, but because it's Steelers and Jets, somebody will make some old seventies style like promo thing that somebody has to watch somewhere. But I'm looking more at Saints and Titans. That's a game to me that. Uh, is is an important game because the Saints are are trying to uh, are, are trying to make you know make some moves in that NFC playoff spot and the Titans are are trying to figure out a way to win the AFC South. I mean they've got they've been playing really well uh, and, and this is their chance to kind of make a statement at home against a really good Saints football team. 
And then the other key game is the key game of the weekend. That's Cowboys at Eagles. That will be for the NFC East divisional title. Yes, which which losing record will be the better losing record? <laughs> right? Is one of them just going to go 500? Is that the idea? Part of me really wants the Eagles to win this game because Jerry Jones thinks that because they just beat the Rams that they're going to go on some sort of run now. I want to see what happens in Philadelphia. I want to see the look on his face when his team loses. I really do. I want that to happen. I think everyone in the NFL should want that to happen. I think even Cowboys fans should want that to happen just to see what he does. Yeah, maybe watch his 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 plasticky face sort of melt a little bit. I don't know. That would be fun. The, one of the games we skipped over, and I just want to go back to it, Ravens at Browns. The Ravens lost to the Browns earlier in the season, and this is certainly a, a revenge game, and it's also an opportunity for the Ravens to wrap up home. Is, I believe this is their opportunity to wrap up home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And yes, it is. So I'm sure they would like to get that done in spectacular fashion, and Lamar Jackson – Scoring lots and lots of fantasy points for me in one of my championship games would be fantastic as well. So yeah, go 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 for it. Just just put a hurt on the Browns. That's what we're all hoping for. You know it's going to happen because this is a divisional game, and John Harbaugh is not going to pardon the pun, call off the dogs. Oh, I, I that's an excellent pun. Fantastic. I enjoyed it. Uh, so we did, you know what we didn't do? We didn't talk about the AFC West. So let's go ahead and jump in on that because that is the Sunday games. Uh, we talked about the Broncos, obviously, but uh, the Raiders and the Chargers, an AFC West matchup, uh, an old-school AFC West matchup of teams that don't matter. It might be one of the last games Phillip Rivers plays maybe for the Chargers and maybe in the National Football League. I mean, I just hope he can find work with all those kids. He's got mouths to feed. Uh, I mean, when you've got 15, 16 kids at home, I assume that's what it is now. I, I know it wasn't that before, but... It's been a little while. I assume that some more have, have arrived. Uh, he, Yeah, you could be witnessing sort of the end of an era, just like the Raiders ended an era in Oakland. Now the Chargers may be ending an era with Phillip Rivers. That would be huge. And not just Phillip Rivers, but, uh, you know, you might be seeing the end of that coaching staff. You may see some wholesale changes with the Chargers uh, if Rivers is, you know, set to either move on or retire. Maybe. How about this we've been we've been doing segues how about a cliffhanger Ooh, how about well, next to a cliffhanger. season cam newton as the next quarterback of the los angeles chargers wow that would be um i okay so here's my theory on that i don't think he would play in the afc west i don't think that cam newton wants any part of von miller any more than he has to have it because von miller broke him once and he doesn't want to deal with it again. And so I, th- I think he will uh, avoid playing for the Chargers and maybe play for another franchise, perhaps a place like the Jaguars, who just dumped a whole bunch of money on a worthless Nick Foles and then decided that Nick Foles was no good and they went back to Gardner Minshew. Well, uh, how about all those people who wanted John Elway to go after Nick Foles? Glad they didn't do that. Yeah, that could have been. now... Yeah. We're all on the Drew train. That's right. Drew, Drew. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Broncos.